recording. Welcome. Everything is fine. This is a good place podcast. We're the Nerdy Boys. I'm Tim. This is Kevin and Jules. Say hi, guys. Hey, Hi, guys. And we are bringing this show to you this week from Nerdy Things Pod Productions. This is Everything is Fine. This is a podcast solely related to the hit NBC TV, NBC TV show, The Good Place. And every week we talk about The Good Place. We are going one episode of our episodes for one episode of their episodes. Episode 1 through 26. How many times is that? Until we catch up to them in season three, where we go live, where it'll be so much fun to talk about this with you, where we have conjecture and speculation and all that kind of stuff. And you can get involved in that, get the, get to know the people who you're going to be kind of prophesying with on our Facebook discussion group. You can go to Facebook in whatever manner you do so, whether that's the internet or the app, and search Everything is Fine up top and you will find us. You can also keep up to date with our show on at Everything is Fine Podcast on Instagram, as well as at Nerdy Things Pod pretty much anywhere, or nerdythingspod.com, which is fine, where you'll find stuff about this show, our other podcast called Nerdy Things Podcast, and these three guys you're looking at or listening to right here, Kevin Howe, Sam Hunt, and Jules the Human. That's his last name, That's the me. Human. Uh, but I know why you've come here to talk about The Good Place and one of the things we always do when we kick off this show is to kind of go back to last episode a little bit and last episode we saw Michael and Eleanor having fun in the arcade so gentlemen if you're spending a day in the arcade and you got because this is a good place you've got unlimited coins tokens whatever they take you have it if you don't have any, you don't need to take your dollar bill and fold it over the machine and stuff it back in and wait for more. You say, hi, Janet, I'd like 75 more tokens or coins or whatever, and she'll bring them to you. So you've got unlimited stuff. What do you do? Go. Uh, okay, so it's a, a split between Time Crisis and the Ninja <laughs> Turtles arcade cabinet. Ooh, that's it. That's good. Just those two back and forth. Done. Yeah. Shout out to Time Crisis. That's a fantastic game. Um Love in the game. Ninja Turtles one. That one's super cool. But I, I think I would probably yep. say some like racing game sort of, because I like to race in like a real time sort of thing. Drifting is good, like a Fast and the Furious type or a need for speed type game, sure. But I've always Cruise wanted, in USA. Sure. Oh, cruise. Yes, that's so good. <laughs> but one game that I've always wanted to get better at, but never had enough money to actually like put in some time is ski ball. Like, who's actually good at skee ball? I've not, this guy really? right Both here. Yes. Oh I heck yeah! I have like ten. How are you not? Ten years on me, I guess. But like, still, this is. Yes, I've spent the last <laughs> ten years just perfecting my skee ball uh, skills. Oh, I don't Jules, know. You know, last episode you talked about how you went to some ski resort or something <laughs> with an old man, or I don't know, some old man that you that really liked in, you for in some his reason. basement. Yeah, this hey, is more nefarious listen. than I meant it to be. At age 18, I wasn't very good at skee-ball. At age 26, I wasn't very good at skee-ball. But at age 35, I have spent <laughs> my 30s. Dropped. I have been, spent my 30s perfecting my skee-ball skills. Well, see? I don't know. But anyways, I'm, I'm really bad at it. I, I just can't. I don't know why. I just can't get it right. So I would like to spend more time on skee-ball. It's all about banking it off the side. That's all it oh, is. See, I didn't even know that. You go for the, I didn't even know you had to do that. Drop it right in the center I bucket was... every time. You just bank it right off really? the side just before the slope. 
and boom, every time, right in the center. If you don't play the ones with the ones up at the don't corners, those hundreds. are bullshit. Oh, don't play them. No. See, that's what I would no. go for. That's a trap. Okay. Dunk a 50 every time you can. And if you get enough 50s in a row, then shoot for 100 just to kind of really run up the score. But yeah. that would be totally one of the things I would. That's I was watching this episode last week. And I'm like, oh, I love skee ball. I forgot how much I freaking love skee ball. I'm good at bowling. I'm really good at bowling. But it's it's that was where it started was why, like skee ball. Why and didn't I we just go bowling or something when we when I went up to Boston? We should have played bowling. Because I love bowling. I have my own balls and my own shoes. Oh, it gets and like it's that. It's kind of embarrassing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. Like, yeah, I don't Tim, like Tim's to go recreational kind. bowling. <laughs> In the sense, like, I don't want to go at night. Okay, let's put it that way. There's nothing worse. We'll take this sidetrack a little bit. We talked about this once before. We go on tangents, deal with it. It's what makes us good. So, yeah, when there's, like, cosmic bowling or nighttime bowling and there's all these young people there, I don't want to wheel my bag with my three balls in it and my shoes and my towels. Why do you need three balls? So, all right, why do I need three balls? Let's get into that discussion. I just want to know I have, everything. I have one that's it's weighted in a way that hooks very early. So Whoa. if the lanes are really heavy with oil, you kind of need that in order to hit the pocket hard. Now, if the lanes are dry, that thing's just going to go uh, on the opposite side. It's going to go Brooklyn almost every time. So you need one that's got a longer carry before it starts to hook. So I have that. However... Even if you're a really good bowler, every once in a while, you're going to leave those corner pins up. If you've got a ball that hooks, good luck hitting those corner pins because you can't carry it far enough before it starts hooking. So you need a vanilla straight ball. However, when you grip the ball with a ball that hooks, when you go and use the house balls, your fingers just go like straight in and you go like up to your knuckle. That's not how it should work. Your top two fingers (laughs) should go to your first knuckle and the bottom thumb should go all the way in so they're spread out pretty far so if you get used to throwing it that way you can't tim, very well pick up tim, a house i ball. know what all of those words are but i don't think they they belong together in a sentence like you're using you can't you very know, well just pick up a house ball sorry. And it straight you need a straight ball like a house sorry, ball but that has asked. your custom drilled finger holes we're all oh, wow. sorry you asked. i'm sorry guys this is my fault. Right. If I had it my way, I'd have another ball. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but anyways, I, I if I had unlimited money, I could take you on wee bowling though. I got that though. I got that going. But uh, sure, I like maybe. duck pin bowling. <laughs> we should go duck what pin bowling. The, I don't, I'm, I'm, all right, I'll bet you a million dollars right now. Jules doesn't know what duck pin bowling is. No, I'm not asking. I don't. I'm not going to take. I'm that not asking. Back. We only have that here, Kevin. I don't that know only what that exists is. in New England. No. I don't what? know what that is. Yeah. How is that possible? It's a it's legit a New England thing. Sorry, I, I can't ask questions. Never mind. Wow. Tim, I'm a huge everything podcast audience. Everything is fine, podcast audience. If you live outside of Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine, and you have heard oh in, at any point in your life, if if you have not lived in there for most of your life, tweet at us if you've ever heard of duck pin bowling. We will not get any tweets on that only wow. people here i'm sorry i i'm so sad yeah, yeah. i don't know all right hmm. so if i was in an arcade ski ball i love it i would play it teenage Mutant ninja turtles kevin good call i love it i was fascinated by the fact that there was karaoke at their arcade yeah i would totally i mean it's go do it's karaoke arcade yeah. i know it's true but i would totally go for ski ball ski ball um 
karaoke. Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles, karaoke, skee ball, karaoke, Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles. Huh. I, I don't, I'm not that's a fan of like the Guitar Hero in arcades now. Like that's a whole thing. They have that? They have that now. Like at Dave and Buster's or whatever. It's like, oh, here's Guitar Hero. You can play a song. But then like the guitar is always messed up and it's like one of the keys is always sticky. And it's like, uh, I don't like this community guitar that we're just all passing around. Ooh, yeah, like, that's kind of not gross. the greatest. So they think about it, though. Arcade controllers have to be some of the germiest things ever. Oh, yeah. No, I don't ever want to think about that. You know the kids go into an arcade, they are not washing their hands after they use the restroom. They were just in the ball pit. There's yeah. probably a whole bunch of crap in the bottom of the ball pit. And that's now oh, all yeah. on the arcade controls. Fun fact, I used to work at a place that had a ball pit. Also, fun fact, they are disgusting. You never wash the balls, right? That's a thing? We actually oh, okay. did. We We would wash the balls essentially every night. Um, but there were kids that were peeing in oh, them, no. kids that were puking in them. Oh yeah. Oh, it is nasty. And you we find would a dirty diaper in the bottom that area, but yep, absolutely. Just people are disgusting. Ah, gross. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners get involved in the Facebook discussion group, which is growing every day. Go search. Everything is fine. Exclamation point. search bar. Well, you don't need to do that on Facebook to oh, no. find us yeah. on there. So just search. Everything's fine. Get involved in the discussion and tell us what would your arcade day be like. We'll post that uh, when this episode launches and you can tell us all week long. On to our next thing. News for the week. I know Kevin's going to have nothing to say about this news because he doesn't own an Instagram. Nope. <laughs> oh, you told but, me to look at a thing, right? Oh, you didn't look oh, at the no. thing. All right. Oh, I have a story to tell uh, about the thing. So okay. look at the thing while I do that. Okay. So, Kristen Bell, this goes back. This is a continuation of something previously. Many, many moons ago, she told this story about how a raccoon was attacking their house every night. And she was just on the lookout for this raccoon. And while monitoring the raccoon, she found this litter of kittens that was just abandoned. And she's a wonderful animal lover couldn't let these kittens go so she had to bring in the kittens her kids named them they were never going to keep them they were always going to give them up for adoption but they had a vacation planned like right after they got the kittens so she leaves the kittens with her sister who says she'll she'll house it because why wouldn't you house it at Kristen bell and dax shepherd's house um well i'll house it and i'll i'll wash and bathe the cats for you good deal so she starts bathing the kitties and realizes they have fleas, or at least one of them has fleas, which means most of them are going to have fleas. So while she's bathing them, one of them escapes and gets into the wall of the house. She oh no. takes the other ones to the vet to take care of the fleas, goes back, rescues the one in the wall, takes them back to the vet, and then realizes, hey, vet, you lost one of our cats. Yep. <laughs> and so... They can't find the other cat. She takes the other cats home. The vet's alarm goes off in the middle of the night, the motion alarm, because, oh, there's the cat that's missing. So they finally collect all the cats. It was this whole big saga for weeks on Kristen Bell's Instagram. Well, it's Cats 2.0. Go to Kristen Annie Bell on Instagram. And today she's showing a rescue organization that she's working with. Um, to rescue kitties and she's with this person in the car and I love the fact that she's like I don't know who this person is a friend sister I don't know if this is a sister or whatever but she's totally pimping this person out by saying that she's single 
Yeah. And talking about I mean, their I'm cats. Down. Oh, look at her with the cat. So one of the kinds, I knew Jules would like this because I know Jules likes cats. Love... But here's the thing. The friend talks about this specific thing where she says she's too cat hot. <laughs> and too cat hot essentially means I'm still hot with two cats, but anything beyond that, I'm a crazy cat lady. There's six cats in the box, so basically she's negative four hot right now. <laughs> Jules, how many cat hot are you? Um, well... <laughs> I'd probably say one, but I have a I have a few. But I mean, I mean, I think having like a a really cute cat adds to that. Like the if you had two really cute cats, I think that counts as just one cat hot. Like it's okay. Only a cat person would yes, say that. But these little kittens, <laughs> I'm looking at this right now. Cats 2.0, they are so cute. Oh my goodness! Aren't they? Like I'm, I'm deathly allergic I to cats. Kittens. I will start sneezing yep. within minutes. But I, when I was younger, I didn't have cat allergies, and I always really liked them. Now oh. I have a dog, and I'm disgustingly in love with this stupid dog, even though I used to hate dogs. But I wish, I kind of wish I could have a cat too, because they're such cute little things, and they kind of just mind their own business. I'm only, a, but I can't. It's really weird. I'm allergic to my brother's cat. Like if I touch the, my brother, like it's weird. Like I can touch that one cat and then I touch like my face or something. It'll start itching and it'll start getting all weird. If I scratch my eye, it's, I'm done for the whole day. But yeah, cats are the cutest, man. I mean, cats, some people can be crazy cat people, but then some people can be crazy dog people too. Like they just want to talk about their dog all the time. And I mean, I do that. We it's have a, we, yeah, we have a podcast with two of them here, but you know, <laughs> they're cute. Kevin so wants to fun. talk about his, his dog in the most self deprecating way possible though. <laughs> I loved Kevin's dog. I love yeah, my dog. Ke- your dog was pretty cool. Fart bucket. Yeah. Fart bucket's a good dog. I love him. <laughs> we definitely, yeah, we, we, are you a cat or dog person? I want to know. Let's talk in the, in the group, <laughs> the Facebook group, because these kittens are cute. Definitely tell us if you're a cat and dog person. Uh, the cause that Kristen Bell, because she's just involved in so many causes, uh, it's fostering cats. It's called at Kit Crusaders, K-I-T-T Crusaders. And if you are looking for someone who's presumably in the California area who is too cat hot and single, it is at Miss Laura Moses. Just throwing it out there. If you're looking for someone who's too cat hot, Who's single? There you go, Miss uh, Laura Moses. I'm like two cute cat hots. So if you're in the Texas area, <laughs> or I'll go, I'll drive to you. I'm mobile. Oh jeez. There you go. Oh jeez. <laughs> so well, that's the news for this week. That brings us to you guys got it. This is definitely going to be our first T-shirt. There's no question about it. If you're itching for merch, I know you're itching for merch that involves. Out of context quotes of the week. Jules, you or myself, one of us, we gotta come out with an out of context t-shirt. Ooh. We gotta do it. The people want it. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be our first merch available. But let's get into the actual out of context quotes of the week. Jules, you ready? Yeah. Um, so I have two. Um let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay. <laughs> Why do bad things always happen to mediocre people who are lying about their identities? That was good. (laughs) And then this one's from Chidi. Killing is one of the most famous moral no-nos. That was great. Those are my two. Oh, boy. Uh, My favorite this week was, fun fact, the first Janet had a click wheel. (laughs) I like that one, too. (laughs) 
Oh, God. And um, I just... Uh, let's see. I just ethicized you in the face, Cheaty. <laughs> and we can be boot buddies. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I had three quotes. All three of them were from the cold open, the open scene in the show. That... That was very quotable. Wow. One of them Kevin just said, but I'm going to expand upon it. How about them ethics? I just ethicsed you in the face, Cheaty. <laughs> Lies are oh. like tigers. They are bad. That's good. <laughs> oh. Michael's going to be on a boat somewhere smoking moonbeam cigars. And that, my friends, is the episode <laughs> title. All right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Those oh, are good. So that, that's out of context quotes of the week. It's as great as always. That means we're going to get into the episode now. Episode 7. We are really in the swing of things. This one was a doozy. We got to start that doozy with Kevin's world-famous synopsis. Let's go, Kev. All right. In this episode, Michael decides that he is the problem with the neighborhood and that he's going to retire. Eleanor thinks she is off the hook and that this is a great idea until she finds out that that means torture for eternity for Michael. So she decides to kill Janet. Uh, and that doesn't keep because Janet is apparently a cyber zombie. And then Eleanor comes clean and tells the entire town that she is a fraud. And then the credits roll. What? So the last couple of weeks, we've had like a really good kind of A plot, B plot kind of thing with a flashback. This is all one plot. This is everybody together. We are all focused on the fact that Michael starts this episode telling everybody that he is not going to be sticking around because he is the problem. And I love how he takes every one of the issues that has happened and he legitimately ties it back to himself yeah he flips it so perfectly where he was like i was trying to make um Yu, you know open up and stuff and then a sinkhole opened up the only one that was kind of weird was when he kicked the dog out into the sun and he's like and then trash rained from the sun and i was like ah that's that one wasn't so believable but all the other ones a little bit of a stretch yeah, a little bit of a stretch but the other ones were super believable he's like i i ordered way too much shrimp or something not enough shrimp <laughs> yeah, not, 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 not enough, enough shrimp. shrimp and then they just started flying everywhere it was great i loved how he kind of just twisted everything and what a way to change it from the cliffhanger ending from last episode i know that it's not enough shrimp because when he says that you kind of cut to tahani in the audience going yeah it's pretty true like yeah. she's giving this head nod like you're an idiot how dare you not order enough yeah. shrimp so yeah so he's got us all convinced at this point it's michael's problem and and he explains to us two things critical things uh one that he shared with i think eleanor last week architects don't usually stay in the good place they create the good place and then they peace out and everybody just kind of does their thing and so this this legitimately could be the problem because this is a whole test concept thing Second thing is, there's only one way off this damn island, okay? And that's by train. And the only one who can call and operate the train is Janet. Which is uh, really weird. <laughs> that's a weird thing to, you know, put in there. A little plot device. Well, I mean, to be fair, the architect isn't supposed to live there. Sure. So you're not going to give any resident there access to the thing that leads them out. So I kind of get it like that makes some sense. What doesn't make sense to me and I bring this I've brought this up before. I'm sure I'll bring it up again is what the 
fuck? Like, how is it that this place even exists? Why is there a train that brings people in and out? How is that? Has it always been a train? At one point, was it just like a dinosaur? Was it like, uh, you know, a cart that they'd have to have a, a prospector on one side pumping up and down? Like, does this age? Have they always had Janet because she's a computer? Like, what's with the click wheel thing? Sure. It would, a million years ago, did Janet have a click wheel? Was that before Apple? Did Apple steal it from Janet? Maybe her name was different. Like, her beta name I was... Yeah, know. exactly. We don't know. But, like, uh, yeah, her beta name was probably different than Janet, and then they finalized it to be <laughs> Janet. But I'm, what I pictured was, like, the train from Westworld, just like a super futuristic white, just super fast train. That's kind of what I pictured when he said train, Not a whole like uh, Back to the Future three train, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So supposedly, Steve Jobs actually got the idea for the iPod in some sort of psychedelic trip. Oh, so it's very possible that that could have been the afterlife speaking to him about the quick the click wheel, which they invented many many millennia before. Wow, he got it um, in a good place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no chance that Steve Jobs is the guy from the portrait in the first episode, is there? Is no. that like a younger portrait of Steve Jobs and during that trip when he invented the click wheel? Definitely he also not. came close to God. I, I'm I'm calling it. That's canon. <laughs> <laughs> we put that in. Done. So yeah, so all right, Michael's gotta leave. This is what we're dealing with. And Eleanor's just sitting there like, oh fork. What am I going to do? I know this is my fault, except for the fact that she kind of thinks this is a good thing. So the next scene is Cheaty kind of explaining to her why lying is bad. And that's the fundamental uh, element of this week in terms of, of our ethics is lying is bad. We've had some very complicated ones in the past couple of weeks, contractualism, uh, stuff like that. This one is lying is bad. And Cheaty needs to explain to Eleanor why, regardless of the circumstances, lying is bad. Cause she's kind of okay with it. She's like, eh, I've, she's more than I've, a little okay. Yeah, with it. totally. And again, this is the more cynical side of me, but like, I can totally just see it. Like I'm totally okay with light. Not so much. We, we see cheaty as like the complete lawful good of this conversation. Most of the time, as far as ethics. Oh yeah. And he's always, we even see this in the episode. We'll get to it, but he's always just like super stick in the mud this is how it's supposed to be whatever whatever and then with uh with her she's she's just kind of like eh, i can kind of lie and be okay with it and i'm like i'm more on that side where like i can kind of lie and I, i'm totally fine with some things so it, it was interesting and it this episode was really interesting yeah she's she's pretty much of the mind right now where she says okay michael gets to retire which after spending a week with him, she feels like is necessary. Uh, she gets to stay and nobody's the wiser. Who's who's in the bad here? Who's getting harmed? Nobody. This is great. This well, is a everybody. perfect solution. She's the problem. It's all <laughs> going to continue to happen. When Michael leaves, that is going to continue. But Michael will be sprinkled over a million different stars and they'll have no way out then. This is a terrible plan. But she thinks she's getting better. Like none of the problems, <laughs> the, the the sinkhole cleared up. She's getting better, right? As long as she just lives, just live in the good place. Don't do anything out of line. It should be fine without Michael in her head. 
It should be fine. All right. So, th- so then we cut back to a flashback, a little bit of Chidi's previous life, and we learn how difficult it is for him to lie to, to someone. Because this dude that he works with, this other professor, I don't know what he teaches, but he doesn't teach moral philosophy. But he walks up, and he has got these boots. And these are like, <laughs> if oh, you're a God. sitcom fan, you probably watched How I Met Your Mother. This is yep. like, take Ted Mosby's red cowboy boots, bedazzle oh, them. <laughs> Add frills, <laughs> sure. add more stuff, and that they're Gussets, bad. Yep. They're bad. Oh, yeah. These are bad boots. And this guy is jacked about his boots. He is so excited about these dang boots. And Cheedy tells him that he likes them. And after the guy walks away, Cheedy looks like he might die. Yeah. He's a super <laughs> The look of pain mm-hmm. is real. One thing, one thing about that flashback initially, I was like, oh, he's speaking English. Like they're not going to do the whole French thing because I guess he used to speak French or whatever. I don't know. They, mm-hmm. They've already dropped that whole I told you thing. one episode, yeah, was, one minute and then they one forgot episode it. Thing. So I was like, oh, he, that was like instantly from his flashback. I was like, oh, we're going to see a flashback from Chidi. Oh, he's not, he's speaking English. It's like, oh. Well, well the other guy's South African. He likes his boots. So I guess here in Texas, everybody loves their boots too, but they're not bedazzling them. <laughs> it's not like that, but yeah. So he, he can't lie and he's like about to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. The look on his That's face funny. is pretty fantastic. He just has, he pauses, his eyes are twitching. It's, it's bad. And he's, what does he say? He goes, uh, he says something like, what have I done? It, it's like he's made the gravest error of his life. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Why, well, yeah. That's why nobody likes moral philosophers. That's exactly right. We hear this many, many times. Okay, so next scene, we're cutting back. Hashtag Tahani time. Tahani has set up a party. She's got themed desserts, and it's all for Michael to send him off into his retirement. This is a great scene because... This is so great. I love the revelation in this. Yeah, it's like, here's everything for a good party. Tahani thinks she's going to do really well. And then he's like, well... You know, when I retire, it's actually called the eternal shriek. And this is exactly, this is what happens. And he lists everything. And then she's like, oh, so this isn't the party that you're hoping for. And she, he talks about the pinata, how the, (laughs) how the strings actually wrapped around something else. And she's like, oh my God. Oh no. Like all this stuff. It was fantastic. And so let's break this down. In the eternal shriek, his body is disintegrated essentially, and every one of his molecules is sent to a different burning sun to burn on. And then they beat him to death like a pinata, which she made a Michael pinata. But instead of being hung by the waist like your pinata, it's definitely hung around my genitals i was not expecting that (laughs) i thought it was gonna be nick and then he said genitals and i died laughing (laughs) oh and here's tahani with her retirement cookies and and flan voyage oh that's fantastic and Mm. oh everything is so perfect this this brings up but michael says no yeah don't do it this brings up so many questions for me again hey this is jules the human i haven't watched past this episode at all and if you're watching it along with me that's pretty awesome but how why would you want to finish your city 
why would you want to finish your little thing just to be like, all right, I'm going to go retire to this hell. Like, why would you do that as like whatever the overseer or whatever we're naming Michael as a Michael? Why would you want to finish your city? And of course, I would want to live in the good place with them because I don't want to retire. But but you've you've fulfilled your life's goal. It's like a caterpillar. Why would you want to be build a cocoon and liquefy yourself? That sounds horrible but you come out a butterfly he's coming out in the good place he has built this that is his butterfly this is his chrysalis i i see no downside <laughs> to this there's Kevin's so many getting technical flaws. on our, uh, so many, our ashes here there's so many things i guess i guess if that was your whole point of living is to end up on a every molecule every molecule of yourself is on a different sun and with a string around your genitals, then sure, I guess. So Michael doesn't want this party. <laughs> but Tahani, it's hashtag Tahani time. And she says, give me some time to reconceive. I'm still going to throw you a party, even though you're going to be destroyed for eternity. But let me just make it samba. Everybody samba. Get rid of the party poppers, Janyu. I love... <laughs> He's just popping all of them. Yeah. I love when she asks... What is your favorite color? Yes. And he said, you know, when a soldier comes home and he sees his dog for the first time, I was like, oh, my goodness. And she's like, well, we'll just say blue. Let's go with blue. <laughs> Technically, gentlemen, it's pure gloss. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I was like, okay. So on this whole scene, the look on Eleanor's face is sheer pain. Because now she's in a conundrum again. Because she thought she was out. Yep. She thought she was free and clear. Oh, yeah. And now she's like, I like Michael. So her and Chidi go sidebar. And they're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do now? And Chidi says, dude, there's one solution. There's only one solution. you got to turn yourself in. You can't let Michael go through with this. But Eleanor has a brilliant idea. She calls Janet to find out, Janet, are you the only way anybody can get on that train? And Janet's like, choo-choo. Yep, that's me. <laughs> Which is pretty great. So... Eleanor decides, what if we killed Janet? Mm. I love it. <laughs> Janet murder. Janet side. Janet side. Janet oh, side. No. <laughs> but yeah, that's like kill the interface that controls everything. It's like, okay, well. Well, Eleanor says she's not a person, but Chidi's looking at this again like a moral philosophy. She's growing. Sure. She's gaining knowledge. She's developing. Doesn't that make her artificial intelligence? Isn't that human? I don't know. I don't know. What side do you guys fall on in this? Again, we get that same question that we keeps bringing brought up in, in all the pop culture stuff that we see nowadays. Like what considers us human and i didn't think we would see that in this show but here it is it's like well what is it like what what is that thing she's learned everything in existence she has to know something she can't technically feel but she's technically living and she's had different versions of herself she's technically 25 so like these questions just keep being brought up so it's crazy <laughs> Oh, I believe she can feel. I mean, when they approached that button and she lost her shit, I, I, that's it. I knew it was happening. Like, she was real. She was in that moment, suddenly a human forced to do this job. Sure. And uh, come on, there's no other explanation for it. She was not that convincing in anything else she's huh. ever done. 
Well, I love when Eleanor's trying to justify it. She says, come on, Chidi, we do one small murdery thing and it makes a lot of other things better. Oh, yeah. She's, just a small murdery thing. She keeps trying to explain it away like the, the greater good, like the better. But we've already been over that moral philosophy trait before. But one one other thing I want uh, that's around that same time, I think we get a flashback from Chidi again, which is sort of small, mm-hmm. which is we kind of can look over. But there was something that kind of grabbed me where he's in the he's in bed. He still can't get over how he lied to this person with the boots and all that stuff. But then he turns over to a female, uh, somebody that's in bed with him. And I was like, something that caught caught my eye was like, wait, didn't he never have a relationship before? I thought he'd never felt for somebody else. Are they? And then the way she said, this is why nobody likes a moral philosophy professor. I instantly thought, is she one of his students? And I don't know. It went to so many different places. And I was like, who is this person that Chidi had in his life where he said he's never had anybody and he's never felt for anybody else? So I, t- I did some thinking on this myself over time, too. He said in that episode, I've never loved anyone mm-hmm. i've never had anybody yeah. i loved so that did mean he may have been yeah. in a relationship with this girl he may not have been in love with her however i would think that someone who's a moral philosophy professor who looks at things as black and white as cheaty might see issue with sexual immorality in terms of having relations with someone who you're not in love with now, I don't know if I that's agree. true. Maybe that doesn't fall into his equation, so to speak. But that was the the hole that I found in that whole thing. Huh. Maybe they weren't having sexual relations. I could see him getting deep into a relationship with someone, but hold it, like putting the brakes yeah. on because he is not ready for it. You are it. absolutely right. Sure. You are. You like are. They could reach that totally point right. where they are even living together. <laughs> And she is doing it because she has or thinks she has feelings for him. Right. And he is trying to figure out his feelings for her, but they are not physical. And that is his fault. And then it ends before he can make a decision. Well, because that is cheaty in a nutshell. Yeah, they'd That's be true. they'd be making out, doing the thing, doing the, the whole, whole thing. thing, not the whole thing, Jules, <laughs> not the whole thing, but doing a lot Half of the thing. Of the thing. And they're getting into bed, and, and then, the and then Chidi stops and starts to ponder the morality of the situation for so long that everybody loses the mood. So, yes, Kevin, you're 100% right. This totally could be the case. I think you cracked the code. Sure. You totally figured that one out. Oh, yeah. Because like so, te- yeah, so he yeah, technically they weren't ahead. touching at all. <laughs> he just kind of true. There was like this huge gap between each other, and I was like, <laughs> hmm, okay, cool. They but, were opposite spooning. Yeah. Yeah, they were facing the other directions. So yeah, so in that flashback, we see that we also see that he was given a pair of the boots. He was given another chance to say that he doesn't like them by being given the boots. And no, he put the boots on and wore them out because he couldn't be mean to the guy. Hmm. Rough, because I wouldn't have put those boots on. No. All right, but anyways, back to party time. Zahani's making a speech for Michael, and the thing that I love about this speech is that. Everything she brings up where she's trying to say nice things about Michael, he goes negative. It's like it's like 
playing tennis where she's serving up this compliment and he is volleying back some negative thing about himself and how he's a failure. And it's like the mood is going down at this party real bad. (laughs) It was kind of fantastic the way they acted it out. It was kind of really good on the writer's part as well. These these sort of uh, contradictions to what she was saying and Michael saying it the way he did. And it was just so good. I was like, oh, wow, he's really he's really in a shit shirt mood it's bad michael you're like a bright glowing sun like the one i kicked the dog into or the one i'm gonna get burned on (laughs) dark i mean not because it's a sun but dark (laughs) and then so so they're so she's like all right no more no more uh speeches we're done with this and then he just goes on in this sad little diatribe about all of the human things that he wanted to get to do, but that he missed out on. And I listed them. I wanted to get my hair wet. He never got his hair wet the whole time he was there. (laughs) I I wanted to. How? Right. I wanted to pull a hamstring. I wanted to learn the difference between towards and towards. I wanted to get a rewards card. Any rewards card. Any rewards card. <laughs> I wanted to say, have that whole thing where you walk down a hallway and you kind of do that dance back and forth and we That's just so laugh funny. at each other's foible. And he said, foible. Oh, God. <laughs> I want to just talk with someone for a brief moment and then go, take it sleazy. I wanted to eat a saltine. Yeah. And These are the dreams of Michael, the non-human. Michael, the the, the paperclip collector. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that makes sense now. Yeah. Jeez. And then Tahani continues to crush his dreams by giving him a saltine, which he deems too dry and too salty. <laughs> and then he leaves on a bad note. He's like, well, this is it. All right, I'm out. <laughs> it was so good. So oh, good. it was just terrible. Oh. It was awful. You feel so bad for Michael and he's leaving. But then we cut to the beach, this beautiful little alcove of paradise. You've got the rushing waters, the clean sand, the rocks that form this wonderful little backdrop. But what's in the middle of it, guys, but a button to kill frickin' Janet. Yeah. <laughs> and it says Janet reset button in little letters on right? the base, too. I fucking love that. Um. This this was a forking. Yeah, this was a pretty cool scene. <laughs> I forking love that. You do. It was a pretty cool scene because all right, Eleanor is still trying to convince Chidi this is a good idea. Chidi's still trying to convince Eleanor that it's not a good idea. Janet's meanwhile trying to tell them, I won't feel anything. Everything will be fine. Don't worry about it. I'm not human. I feel no pain. I blah blah blah. But that she he's trying to get her to justify his theory by saying, you know, I do live a life. Do you get older? Yeah, there's been 25 versions of Janet. And every time there's a new Janet, I can't eat. So I take a slice of birthday cake and smash it around my mouth area just to celebrate. But she warns them the fail safe is that she's going to beg for her survival when they try and push the button and beg. She does. Oh, my gosh. This is the most convincing performance that Darcy Carden could possibly give. Yeah. Oh my it god. It was so good, but so like heart wrenching. And that's kind of weird that well, actually, no, it's not that weird at all that this would be the one fail safe because 
technically all of these people are supposed to be really, really good. So this would deter most people uh, from doing the button thing. So, yeah, okay. It. I was like, on, on first watch, I was just like, oh, that's it? Like, she's just going to be like, oh, no, you're going to kill me. Even though she just said, you're not going to kill me. And I was like, oh, I could probably do that. But... I probably wouldn't be in the good place. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes sense for all the people that are in the good place that this would be the final uh, final thing between deleting Janet. Well, she even says that the purpose for the button is in case she malfunctions and harms the residents. Like that's the only conceivable mm-hmm. reason they had for even putting the button in there. Sure. But she's begging. She is no, Chidi, don't do it. Don't do it. And then Eleanor steps up and she shows pictures of kids, talks about her family. Oh Very specific. Talking about her kid with asthma that's really a fighter. It got it got really dark. Yeah. And this is just a stock photo from the, the Nickelodeon Kids <laughs> Choice Awards. Right. And so then Chidi and Eleanor have a little sidebar, but all of a sudden Janet's begging for survival, but it's they're not near the button, but wait a second, who followed them there but Jason? Oh and Jason sees a button, and of course he has to push the button. Yeah. Why wouldn't Jason have to push a button if he sees it? Duh. He, he, and then he gets super <laughs> mad when he was about to push it, and then Cheaty gets in the way, and they do the whole thing where Cheaty presses the button or whatever. He's like, man, not cool. I wanted to push the button. And it's like, what? What world are you living in, dude? (laughs) Jason Land. Yeah. Jason Land. So, and she falls. Like, that was a dramatic. Falls to the That was amazing. I'm kind of sad that when they showed her later, she wasn't just covered in sand. Right? True. Yeah. She, She went down, like instantaneous limp body boom face first but then the giantest screen in the sky pops up and she says in the brightest and cheeriest voice i've been murdered i've been murdered (laughs) and so they gotta run and not only do they have to run eleanor is like cheaty we have to go you killed you killed we have to flee your crime scene she gets real accusatory real quick oh she throws him right under that yeah. bus. That's great. Of course. I mean, and do we expect we cut to the else? next scene? Yeah, right. And then we cut to the next scene in the town square. Chidi is basically paralyzed with guilt at this point. They're pulling a weekend in Bernie's kind of situation where they got sunglasses on him and they're carrying him because he can't even move. <laughs> he is so guilt ridden. It is bad news. And then we go to Janet's funeral. And Michael's never seen this before. Guy's been alive since zero, 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 and he's never seen this before. He doesn't even know what happens right now, but he knows he's got to stick around. And then, boom, what comes out of the coffin but Janet with a hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. And so, all she could do yeah, is say hello. Yeah, that's all she can say is just hello, hello. Just keep hello. saying hello. And Michael has to enter his code to reset Janet. And he says, all right, cool. She'll have all the knowledge in the universe redownloaded within a couple of days. No big deal. But he's going to stick around because he's got to get to the bottom of this. His code was 0000. Right. The year he was born. His birth year. (laughs) I love it. And my favorite thing about this is when he says he's going to stay, everybody claps. But Eleanor is like maniacally laughing. Yeah, she is maniacally laughing. She is thrilled, relieved. She is all of the feels all at one time. All of them. So then we have to cut back and 
even though Janet's back, all is good. She's her memory's been erased. Chidi is not going to be able to keep this lie. Jason doesn't even remember what happened. He's like, what happened? I didn't get to, you know, get any uh, party poppers or something. And Chidi's like, I can't, I can't do this. And Eleanor's like, come on, I lie all the time. And he looks at her in the face and basically says, fine. Because of contractualism, pretty much, I will yep. keep this secret because I committed to you that I would help you, but I will never let this go. This will torment me for eternity. And it's, he's dead oh, serious. Yeah. That is the most guilt-ridden statement I think Chidi's ever given to Eleanor. Which is so appropriate that this is coming out around Mother's Day because that is such a mom move. Right? Like, I am just so disappointed in you. I'm going to hold this over you. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh. But yeah, I don't know. This is, I don't know where this is. Well, I mean, I know where it's going to go because we still haven't talked about the ending. But yeah, if Chidi would have been left with it, he would not have been in a good way. Like, even though he no, got his whole little boat situation, he had the wine, he had the reading and stuff, but still, like, he can't go on enough of those to, like, be set set right. Because he can't, he can't lie. He just can't. And that's crazy. No, we see, we go to a flashback next, and we see that Cheedy couldn't even keep the light of the boot guy. He goes to tell the boot guy that he hates his boots. The boot guy's having some sort of surgery where he's got a 50-50 chance of even living. He comes back from the surgery. He is alive. And the first thing Cheedy does is say, dude, I hate your boots. <laughs> so this is, again, this whole flashback was just to prove, A, lying is wrong. B, Cheedy can't do it. Yep. Cheedy is the worst. <laughs> So we go back to the town square, which is where all the big stuff happens. Michael's, you know, get everybody set and says, listen, I'm staying, but I'm staying to get to the bottom of this. And I tell you, everybody's going to anybody who's involved is going to pay. So if you have any information right now, I encourage you to stand up. And Eleanor does one of the great things she's ever done in The Good Place. She looks at Chidi and says, man, I love you. And then confesses. Fremulon. I love it. (laughs) I want to watch next episode so bad. I can't believe I have to wait. Jules, what are you thinking right now? What are you thinking right now? Um, for one, that was probably that's probably one of the best cliffhangers so far from the episodes, from all the episodes that we've seen already. But I don't know how she's gonna get out of this one. Kind of like um some other stuff, some other cliffhangers, like even this past week's, it's like I can see where, you know, this can kind of work well, but like her finally confessing that I'm the one that's, I'm the one that's wrong here. And I'm the reason why all of these things are happening. What, how is she going to get out of this one? And I was like, well, I didn't think she would ever do it, but that also says that she might actually be changing and maybe one outcome. I don't know. I haven't seen the this is not like a spoiler because I don't know. It's me speculating. But one outcome could be that like, well, you admitted it. So that means you're kind of good. So they might let her stay or something like that. That's that's what's in my head right now. I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm super curious and scared for her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, excited. this is it. Episode seven and pretty much what we've been working against the whole time finally comes to fruition. So we're going to get into a whole nother. I told you, Jules, this thing flips itself on its head again. Here it is. That's episode seven of A Good Place. 
this the good place this is also episode seven of everything is fine a good place podcast we thank you so much for joining us this one was a little bit long because it was some cool tangents we talked about some fun sidebar stuff like bowling oh god you guys enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) if you like it as much as we like doing it please go to itunes and rate us and review us we've got some good five-star ratings so far so thank you to those of you who have uh put your stars out there for us but tell us what you think in your own words give us some descriptive sentences on why you like this show so rate us so we can be found by more people get involved in the facebook discussion group go to facebook.com or the app and search everything is fine join this group we'll let you in i promise and just discuss this show along with the other fine folks who have already uh, joined the club. Visit us at nerdythingspod.com. Check out our Instagram at everything is fine podcast. Find us at nerdy things pod everywhere. Find our individual social medias. Those of us who use it, come back to the show next week. Tell your friends, guys, we love this show. We can't wait to season three. It's getting better all the time. Jules is going to find out some cool stuff next week. So are you. Thank you for joining us. And as always, Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.